Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Thank you for being with us today. If you have a question for our guest, Thomas Phelan, author of 123 Magic, send the 2Q at MasteringOurselves.com. I was asking you, Tom, if there's a problem inherently with trying to treat your kid as an equal. Well, I think there certainly is, especially the younger they are. Yes. We we say our... our uh program and the one two three magic goes to about age 12 or 13 and then we have a program called surviving your adolescence that's the um, sequel so to speak but in your parenting i think you want to be going from pretty much dictatorship to almost democracy and that means dictatorship for the preschoolers where you're the benevolent dictator and then uh, you when the kids are teens you want it to be much more of a democracy where the kids have some uh, say in the rules and policies that affect them. But when push comes to shove, even if they're 17 years old, you're still the boss, and hopefully you know better than they do what's good for them. So you can pull the dictatorship if they need it uh, to get them in shape. That's right. If In, in your estimation, they're in trouble or, or they're not responding. And this doesn't mean that you're just having a temper tantrum, but if they're really in trouble, uh, yeah, you there are times you need to do what it takes to get the job done. Yeah, sometimes tough love, which is what we're talking about, you go way out of your way to do what's best for them, no one likes it, is much more effectively loving than loving kindness. Well, it really is, because the loving kindness, uh, I think as Charmaine was saying before, can come from uh, feeling guilty or feeling uh, you know, too anxious about your kids and wanting them to like you and all this kind of thing, and that... Um, really is not uh, good for a lot of kids. With a lot of children, that can be a dangerous approach. You know, if a, if a parent is really right with themselves and, and is clear with their lives, not headstrong but clear, it seems like it's easier for them to be a dictator because they see it so clearly. Well, I think it is, and I think, you know, if, if a parent's life is going well, the biggest problem with the dictatorship concept, and I know that's going to turn some people off or scare them, the biggest problem is with the irrational, angry dictator. Because, you know, you're going to do it my way and blah, 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 and this is the way it is and all that. And some parents are, are they're dictators, yes. but they're simply acting out their own anger uh, and taking it out on their kids. Right. And uh, that's not the way to, to run the show. You also have to have a... You have to be warm and demanding. Yes. Otherwise, you eventually, if you if you keep it up, will polarize the child someplace in their psyche against you. And again, and against your your message, like I said before, I, most most of us are not stupid parents, and we don't say stupid things. But if you say something that is absolutely correct, and you say it in anger, <clears throat> the child's going to react with anger. And they'll throw out the baby with the bathwater. And uh, your, your message, which was perfectly good, gets trashed because you said it in the heat of anger or during a tantrum. And they say, well, I'm not going along with this. And that's the end of that. And they hurt themselves. Sure. You know, there isn't much difference between that or two adults communicating a perfectly good idea in anger. And the other one's basically saying, you know, I don't really care what you're saying right now. Your vibes are slapping me in the face. Go get a life somewhere else. Leave me alone. You know, and it's not, you know, it's the same problem when you're operating out of anger with other adults or kids. And the bottom line is we need to learn how to master ourselves. 
I think so. And you need to, in mastering yourself, you need to be able to understand the other person some of the time uh, and see where they're coming <laughs> That's from. That's right. If you have a child and it's 9 o'clock, it's bedtime. They so don't I, want to go to bed. It's not really a time for understanding them. Uh, most of the time, it's time for bed. Right. And that's pretty much it. Uh, but if you have a teen and they want to stay out till 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, well, you might want to understand where they're coming from, but they they can't do that either. And I think the same kind of uh, thing that we're talking about uh, uh, here, you know, applies to parents all over all over the world. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't stop anywhere. And it also applies to countries. I mean, if you think about countries getting into wars, what are they doing? They're getting so mad that they can't see straight, and they're shoving their philosophies down each other's throat. Yeah, I, I cringe at um, immature nations with highly developed uh, weapons. weapons. That just scares me. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as a parent, you have, in a sense, a highly developed weaponry. Because it's not, it, I guess it's not so highly developed, but you're bigger and uh, you're more forceful. So that's what most weapons are, is more forceful and powerful than somebody else's. So you can shove it down somebody else's throat if you want to. Right. And uh, that's, especially when the kids are teens, that's a dangerous proposition. So how does 123 Magic uh, teach children to choose to act appropriate? Well, if you look at the... Um, counting part of it, which is probably what the program is most famous for. And if, and people have to keep in mind, counting is only one-third of the program. Counting is for obnoxious behavior, arguing, yelling, whining, fighting, screaming, teasing, tantrums, you know, that kind of stuff. If your child is whining at you because they want something that you just told them they can't have, like a Twinkie 15 minutes before dinner, and you gave them the explanation, you said you can't have it because we're eating 15 minutes, and they still whine at you, and you say that's one. That's their first warning. And that puts, if you keep quiet, that puts the ball in their court, which means they have a choice. They can make the decision. Do I want to keep whining and get a consequence? Or do I want to keep quiet and I'll eat dinner in 15 minutes? And most kids, if the parents are reasonable, after a while they realize that it pays them better to uh, stop whining and, uh, you know, life will be more pleasant. Uh, they'll eat dinner in 15 minutes, and everybody will be happy. But they have that one moment there where they have a choice. So, so what do they want to do? So when and you oh, – oh, I'm sorry. They, excuse me. The only time that they'll make a different – not the only time, but one of the times they'll make a different choice is if you have made them so angry by all your talking. Yes. All they want to do is get revenge. Right. They don't think it has a future. Right now, I want to – I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, that's right. So that's why we have to master our emotions. You're listening to Mastering exactly. Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. You can hear us Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on CRN. Our guest today, Thomas W. Phelan, author of 123 Magic. It sold a million copies. It's a great parenting tool. So basically the technique with this 123 Magic is... You let that technique do the fighting for you, and you simply be quiet and do follow the rules of the technique. That's right. And and you you do when you're doing the counting, you present the choice, and the child has to um, deal with that choice. 
the other thing you want to be doing, and that's step three in our parenting program, is bu- uh, building your relationship with the child so you have some uh, leverage, so they value you as a person. And strengthening your relationship means things like active listening, listening to the kids uh, when they're upset about something, not just counting just because they're mad. Uh, or uh, the, my, my favorite tactic for building the relationship is shared one-on-one fun. You and right. the child, one-on-one, not family fun. Family fun is way overrated. Uh, one-on-one fun, one parent, one kid, that's a good way to bond. I, I totally agree with you. When I used to have a slew of kids, I tried to, you know, like uh, one day a week um, have a, a little bit of time with each child. Well, I'll give you credit for that, especially if you had a slew of kids, because it's not easy. The, the more there are, you know, everybody says, you know, well, let's do the family fun. We get them all right. together, and we get the job done. And I have, you know, five, six kids, and we're going to go out for dinner, and then they're all fighting and all this kind of stuff. And they say, yeah. well, we did the family fun thing last night. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's, it's one-on-one, and you're absolutely right. The more kids you have, the harder it is to do that. But And you... You have to do it with your spouse, too. It's really yes. important. So, you know, I, I find sometimes the whole family can get in, into something that's really fun and fulfilling for everyone. But there's a one-on-one time that lets each one of them have a special piece of you and your guidance, whether you say it or not, lets them know that they're cared for, lets them feel stable and solid with you, and, and lets you have a good reading of actually where they're at because, you know, uh, uh, aware, attentive parent, a caring parent can begin to, you know, no word said can say, you know, little Jimmy, something's wrong. What's going on, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. And you can you can begin to be a very unusually insightful parent and get to the problem before it has so many layers of dysfunction and isolation that you're, you know, everything's just going crazy and it's hard to even find where it started going off. Well, and I think you're right. And imagine that conversation happening in a family setting. It would never happen because the child's not going to talk to you with everybody else. Right, listening. right. Uh, it's just it, 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 won't, uh, it won't occur. So you're right. That, uh, that, and that's a good time for that. So the active listening and the shared fun kind of go hand in hand. Right. You know, um, I just I always want to say this when we get in these kind of conversations on the air um, about parents and having children and stuff and I just want to say don't have children unless you're ready it's such a huge job and there's so much damage you can do by not being prepared you cannot be prepared financially and that's a problem with your teamwork with your spouse and that's a whole problem if you're not one solid team with your maturity and development and wholeness so if you're not ready don't get into that huge, big task of bringing up a child right. No, I think uh, you couldn't have said it better. And I think there's another thing that comes along with that, and that's don't hook up with somebody, uh, which means by that I mean move in or get married before you're ready. But, you know, the way most of us operate, you, <laughs> you don't really have this list that you put up on the rearview mirror every day when you go out to drive. You know, it says, um, this, is a, this is a readiness test Sure. 
You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Our guest today, Dr. Thomas W. Phelan, author of 123 Magic, Effective Discipline for Children Ages 2 through 12. You know, one of the most underrated things that I can see with uh, developing friendships, uh, you know, to a, you, where you can really trust each other and, and, and each watch each other's back and you do good things for each other. Uh, relationships, sexuality, uh, starting your uh, uh, broken family with a new partner is time. Take time to have the friendship grow, to have, to have the sexuality grow, if, if it's a natural thing. To have the families lay into each other and natu- fold into each other, naturally grow together. Well, and you think uh, you think how many how many times, so to speak, or how often do we have a day where you feel that you have time to do that? You know, time to just relax. And you know, if I'm not uh, going to the grocery store, then I got to be cleaning the house. I'm not cleaning the house. Got to be doing laundry. If not doing the laundry, I got to check the emails. Not checking the email. I got to buy a new car, and all this kind of thing. And um, somebody said once, I forget who it was. Uh, you know, you can't do that without killing eternity. And um, you're gonna you're gonna ruin forever. You're gonna ruin your life if you're always rushing. And it seems to be seems to me these days we're always rushing, and we don't have time for what you were just talking about. Sounds like Russian roulette. Hey, um, when you've done your one, two, three with your child and they're just throwing a fit and you want them to do a timeout in the room and they're fighting you, what do you do? Well, it depends on how big they are. Uh, (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) With a a little kid, uh, the first thing you have to do, which is consistent with what we've been talking about, so the child's, you know, on the floor throwing the tantrum and all this kind of thing. Okay. If you think they're going to be safe and they're, you know, three years old, four years old, or something like that, you can you can ignore it and walk out of the room. The worst problem, I mean, the worst thing parents do with tantruming kids is try and reason with them or talk to them. Uh, so if you really want the kid to go to the room, you can escort them. Uh, escort could mean um, carry them. Uh, it could mean drag them, but no, you know, physical abuse. Don't hurt them, yeah. And, and you deposit the unwilling body in the room for the timeout, uh, and they just scream it out. And you do not talk. Uh, that's with the little ones. With the older ones, they have a 10-year-old who's about as big as you are now, and you say, that's three, take five, which means that's your third warning, and you yeah. are now due for, actually, it should be that's three, take ten, because uh, it's one minute per year of your life for a timeout. That's probably a good system, isn't it? It is. It's, you know, it's, a, it's not a sacred rule, but it's a good guideline. So the 10-year-old is then standing there glaring at you, and, and they're so big, you're not going to drag them to the room. So you say, well, that, you're going to do what we call a timeout alternative, which means you're going to give them a choice. You say, well, you can take the timeout, or it's a dollar off your allowance, uh, no electronic entertainment tonight, or bedtime is a half hour earlier, you pick. Now, you don't have to do the you pick. You can do it if you want. If they don't pick, the parent picks. Yes. And that's it. So you give them an alternative. Now, so say that now you just did that and they're still standing there glaring at you. What are you going to do? You're going to turn around and walk away. 
because they're going to want to tell you how stupid you are, how right. stupid one, two, three magic is, yeah. how stupid the guy who wrote it must have been, <laughs> and we can't have that kind of stuff. So you're going to get just go get busy on what you do and not go into the argument that they're all tied up with. That's right, and they may follow you around for a little bit, but uh, you cannot uh, you cannot talk. Generally, it takes about three weeks to if you're consistent uh, with consequence, about three weeks for them to kind of get into this habit, right? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, we've had uh, lots of families. It's it's kind of a, a multimodal uh, curve, if you know what I mean. There's there's some kids that will shape up the first day, and there are lots of them. Uh, they'll shape up in the first three hours. If you know what you're doing and you do it consistently, right. there are some kids that will put you through hell with I mean, they're going to test the daylights out of you uh, for one week. And we'll have to finish this after break. Hang on. Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Thomas W. Phelan, Ph.D., author of 123 Magic. Highly recommend mm-hmm. this book. Stay with us, guys. We'll be right back.